This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 3rd, 2016. We are connection, people, and transformation. My name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved and redeemed by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for each person here today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of today and all that it brings. We pray that we use it wisely for your kingdom. Lord, um, open our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears, uh, just everything so that we can hear the word and the message that you have for each of us individually. We also pray that you would just help us settle down, settle in, and let go of the concerns and worries of the world. Uh, for this time as we focus on you and your word. Lord, we pray that we would be changed and transformed by your word and the message in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so today we kick off a new series, We Are Connection, where we are looking at our revamped church values that were revealed and announced at the church conference on June 20th. There was also a lot of other great information there about our revamped uh, mission and vision. There's an insert in your program that lists all eight values. This is just part of it. These are the values. Today's focus is going to be on people and transformation. But first, let's hear what my sister and friend in Christ, Venetia Thompson, has to say about her experience and what that means. Venetia. Good morning. As you just heard, my name is Venetia Thompson, and my first visit to Connection Community Church was about five years ago. I was so excited to be greeted by the parking lot attendants, the greeters at the front door, the greeters coming into the sanctuary, and then hearing a great message. At the end of the service, several people got together and spoke with me and invited me to come back. So I did, then I let my work and life get in my way and I was not as faithful in my attendance. But then my sister-in-law moved into the area, we started coming together and we enjoyed it tremendously. However, her untimely death made me take a look at myself and realize that I had to get my life in order. Connection Community Church was here to help me. I attended a connection class, an alpha class, became more faithful in my own daily study, became a member of a small women's Bible study, and in addition became a member of the praise and worship team. My husband, though, started to grow a little fearful of the load that I was taking on because he was concerned about my health issues. I had to be honest, though, with myself, and I knew that this was the right thing for me to do. Struggling with my health and maintaining my pain management is something that I'm going to always have to do, but it's going to be important for me to remember to praise God through it each and every day, because we're here to glorify God. My husband recently stated, and I quote, you have made me better in my Christian walk. You did not harp on me, 
you did not make it mandatory for me to attend service, but instead you led by example. My experience is just a small example of how Connection Community Churches placing value on people and transformation has made a big impact on our lives, and we are grateful and blessed to be given such a privilege. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Venetia. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so everyone matters to God. No one is disposable. That is the tagline for this value, we value people. And that means everyone, from the unborn child to the elderly, and everyone in between, people of all ages, nations, races, and backgrounds, the rich and the poor, the sick and the healed, those addicted to drugs and alcohol, and those who have been set free, the shut-ins, the homeless, the forgotten, those in prison, the least, the last, the lost, and the found. All people matter to God. No one is disposable. So God loves us, each and every one of us, and values us so much. He has an intimate knowledge of each and every one of us. We are loved with an everlasting love. Psalm 139 tells us, For you, Lord, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written, before your, before, written in your book before one of them came to be. You know, we used this verse a couple weeks ago, and it really bears repeating today. Because God knew us before we were even born. All of you, it's important for us to understand that. God knew us even before our parents knew they were going to have us. That's pretty incredible, wouldn't you say? Do you guys believe that? Huh? Yeah, some of you do? All right, well, we're going to talk about belief today. <laughs> um, because it takes time for us to believe what God says. Um, the book, in the book of Jeremiah, the Lord tells Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. You know, the Lord said this to Jeremiah, and it is true for us as well. All of us. We have all been set apart by God for different purposes in God's kingdom. Each and every one of us. As we grow in our relationship with God, we begin to discover exactly what we have been set apart for. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, the Lord tells Jeremiah to tell the people. And as you hear this, hear it for yourself, because he is also saying this to you. For I, the Lord, know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
I hope you guys believe that because it's true. God has good plans for each and every one of you. Before we were born, God knew us. God loved us. God set us apart and created us for his glory. God has a good plan and a purpose for each one of us. God has those plans to give us a hope and a future. Now, some of us might be thinking, well, God, if you have this good plan for me, I'd sure like to know what it is because the circumstances of my life are really not that great right now. Well, you're in with good company because when Jeremiah wrote these words to the people, he wrote these words to people who had turned away from God. He wrote these words to people who were exiled and removed from their homes. They were literally captured and taken to Babylon to live. They were not feeling very hopeful about their circumstances. Jeremiah is encouraging them that God, even in the midst of their turning away, even in the midst of their being captured and exiled, that God has a good plan, plans to prosper them and give them a hope and a future. Now, this promise of God is also for us. So I pray that you believe that. We're really going to focus on believing what God says. Believe that for us, for our lives, for our family. God can redeem any of our past mistakes whether we've turned away, whether we know him, we don't know him, God can redeem it. All we have to do is take hold of the promise for ourselves. So we find out later that God, in fact, did deliver on his promise to the Israelites who were exiled. And one thing we can count on is God will deliver on his promises. He will. Our challenge is to believe, to believe that God will deliver on his promises. That's really our challenge, to believe that. And then to be patient, because God delivers in God's time, not in our time. In the waiting, sometimes what happens, what we do, and me included, right, we read the word, of God, we read this promise, we heard it, and then we lower it to match our experience. So we take God's truth and we bring it down to our understanding and experience. And we say, well, this promise really isn't for me. It was really just for Jeremiah and the people back then. Do you ever do that? Any of you ever do that? I know I've done that before. So, what we want to do is what we do is we reinterpret what God said to match our experience. When we do that, we lose hope. What we really would be awesome if we just instead believed God's word, that it's true, and we say this. Say that line in the box with me. God, I believe these promises are for my life. I will take hold of them and believe. Hold on to these promises and other promises that God has made in his word because all people matter to God. 
No one is disposable. We value people. So in the book of John, found in the New Testament, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, this is one of the core scriptures for this particular value of we value people. We read one of the most well-known verses in the Bible that so clearly states just how much God values and loves each and every one of us, not just in words, but in actions. We read, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So let's break this down a little bit. For God so loved, right? God so loved what? The world. Everyone matters to God. That he gave his one and only son, Jesus who came and took on human flesh. He lived and he walked among us and he died for our sins and then he rose again. Death could not contain him so that we can live. He did this so we can live. Somebody better give an amen. As this verse says, that whoever believes in him, whoever the rich and the poor, the sick, the healed, those addicted to drugs and alcohol and those who have been set free, the shut-ins, the homeless, those in prison, the least, the last, the lost, whoever, that includes you and me, whoever, and your neighbors, your family, the whole world, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save them through him. A few verses earlier in the book of John, Jesus is talking with this guy named Nicodemus, who was a teacher of the law. And Jesus is replying to one of his questions or statements. Jesus replies to Nicodemus, Very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus asks a great question. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So the way we're born again, the way we're born of the Spirit is by believing, there's that believing word again, by believing in the sent one. That is our job, to believe in him. Jesus even says in John 6, 29, these are Jesus' words, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. If we just do that one thing, 
one thing, that's it. Believe in the one he sent. Transformation, amazing things happen. So we believe in the one he sent, God's only son, Jesus, the Messiah. We must be born of the Spirit. When we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and we invite him into our lives to be our Lord, our personal Lord and Savior, we become born of the Spirit, and we now have the promise of eternal life. We are given the gift of the Holy Spirit as a sign and a seal that we are children of God, not just born of the flesh, but born of the Spirit. We literally become a new creation in Christ. We literally do. If you have questions about this, later ask me or Alan or Carrie or someone else. The old is gone and it's been crucified with Christ. The new is here. The Holy Spirit living within us marks us for eternal life in God. When that happens, we become connected with Jesus and the new life he offers. That's our mission, Connection Church. It's our job to plant God's seeds, seeds of life, into other people's lives and let God, here's the thing, we plant the seeds, we let God grow the seeds. So a question that we need to ask ourselves is what kinds of seeds are we planting in other people's lives? By the things we say, by the things we do, what kinds of seeds are we planting? So with this scripture, for God so loved the world, um, that he sent his only son, I mean, what a future and hope we have. Not just now, I mean, not just later, but we have it now because we have that eternal life now, the Holy Spirit living in us. This leads us to our next value. We value transformation. Say the bold with me. Intentional, Christ-centered living that makes a difference in our families, neighborhoods, communities, and world. Transformation starts within us. When we believe that believe word, we become connected with Jesus and it flows out of us by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And when that happens, it goes out and it touches other people's lives. And we grow, we grow in Christ's image and likeness. I mean, that's the goal. We want to look more like Jesus looked, right? We do. Yeah, we need to believe that. <laughs> we, we, we do. When this happens, our families, our neighborhoods, our community, and our world begins to transform around us. Not by our power, but by the transforming power of God working through us. And you heard how, in Venetia sharing, thank you, Venetia, how the transformation started within her first. And then it caught and, like, landed on her husband. And I'm sure it's, like, jumping off to other people because I know that you love God with all your heart. That's how it happens. Do you guys get that? All right. So transformation is important because God loves the world and everyone matters to God. God has a glorious plan and purpose for our lives and for the rest of the world. Our unsaved family, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, 
uh, people in our community. God has a glorious plan for them. They have been created for God's glory too. The problem is, is they don't know it yet. Right? They don't know it yet or they don't believe it. They haven't believed in the one he sent yet. So therefore, many of them are lost, just meaning they have not been born of the Spirit yet. They've been born of the flesh, but not of the Spirit. So the good news is, hold on to your seats. The good news is, right, is that God has placed us, you and me, in their circle of influence. That's good news for them, right? Because it needs to flow out of us. So thank you, God, for putting us in the places you have put us to reach the people you're calling us to reach. Something life-giving should be happening around us when we have the new life of Jesus in us. If it's not happening, we got to break those chains that we sung about earlier. Some of us, are we believe, but we're chained. we got to break those chains. We have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, living within us. Intentional Christ-centered living, Christ living is fueled by plugging ourselves into God and making ourselves available to the promptings and nudges of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 2 tells us, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't do that. But let God transform you into a new person what does it say? Change you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. There are so many examples we could talk about this morning about that. Let's just consider two examples just to get our minds thinking. So one example is don't gossip and talk about other people, right? When we do that, it tears them down instead of building them up. If we have a concern about someone, what we should do is go directly to them from a posture of love and speak into their lives our concerns and listen from a posture of love. Our tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that those who love it will eat its fruit. Do we want to be an instrument of life or death? You know, I'm reminded about King David, who taught his men, you do not talk about the Lord's anointed. You do not destroy the Lord's anointed. And as we are all believers, we are all the Lord's anointed. So we do not destroy the Lord's anointed. Don't gossip. The second example, don't hold on to unforgiveness, resentment, negativity, and bitterness. Forgive. Forgive. There is power in love and forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer found in Matthew 6, 12 says, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. We have been forgiven for everything. Should we not extend that same forgiveness to others and ourselves? Some of us have unforgiveness towards ourselves that we need to let go of. 
We could go on and on with examples. So this week, let's ask God to reveal to us the things we need to stop copying the world on. I don't know what they are for you, but I know what they are for me. So what are those things for you? And here's the thing, change is hard. Have you ever tried to change something on your own? It just doesn't work. Change is hard. We can't, because we can't do it without God's help. We need to let, as this scripture says, God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. So how do we do that? Well, we first have to be intentional to make ourselves available to God. We have to want God to transform us from these things. And these things, they all make us ineffective and they hurt the kingdom. They make us less effective. I'm not saying that we're not totally, like we're totally ineffective, but they do. They make us less effective and they hurt the kingdom. So one of the best ways I know to transform my thinking, and this is going to be no surprise, is to read the word of God, the Bible. When I, when we do that, God transforms our minds. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Do you guys believe that? All things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We can believe God's word, every one of us. We can believe it, what it says, and not bring it down to our own understanding. We can believe God's word. We can love others, even those who are very unlovable. We can do that when we have Jesus in us. We can speak life and not death. We can heal. We can encourage. We can build up. We can forgive. We can live the kingdom life. We can learn and know what God's will is for each and every one of us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And how do we know that? Because that's what this verse says, right? It says that. I believe it. We practice it and we believe it until it becomes true for us. So we practice it. We might have to write it on an index card and take it with us and whatever the scripture is and say it over and over again. God will transform your mind by his word. We become not just readers of the word, but doers of the word. Changing our thinking will change our behavior. God will change our thinking when we read his word, and that will change our behavior. It's God reading the word, changing our behavior. Believe, change our behavior. Our challenge this week is to believe God is who he says he is. All of us have levels of unbelief, so let's believe God. That's the work that he wants us to do. Believe God is who he says he is. Invite God into our lives every day, and let God transform our thinking as we read the word. If we're not reading the word, we need to pick it up, which will in turn change the things we say and do by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. As that happens, watch out. Watch out, because all kinds of kingdom things will begin to happen around us. Our husbands will start coming to church, like happened with Venetia and Chris. Our children will be saved. Other things will happen, all kinds of things. People will be healed. We will be the light in our families, neighborhoods, communities, and world. You know, there's a woman in here who goes out on Tuesdays and visits shut-ins. 
She's changing their lives. Everyone matters to God. There's another woman at her workplace. She's getting together a Bible study so that they can pray and learn together. How can we make our workplace better? Those are just two small examples. See, what happens is when people reach out to others, when we do that, others will do it because we did it. People will forgive because they saw us forgive. People will become generous because they saw us become generous. People will begin to speak life because that's all they hear us speaking. It feels good when people speak life. People will begin to hope because we hope. The list goes on and on and on. People will give their lives to Jesus because we gave our lives to Jesus. So let's be his witness because we are connection. Say it. We are connection. We value people and transformation. Let's pray. Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are just such an awesome God, and we love you so much. Lord, we just thank you for your word found in the Bible. Lord, we pray that each person here would be changed and transformed by this message, that you have nudged us each in something that we have to do, not condemnation, but conviction. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Lord, um, we're all at different places. I just pray that we would all draw closer to you, that our belief would increase this week, and we would let you flow through us in, um, as we go out into the world, wherever we are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus.